Welcome Mandalorian Fakers to the Mando Roundup, brought to you by FakingStarWars.net. It's time to kick back at the saloon with a dust stick or two and enjoy this week's recap of the Mandalorian. Ah, bounty hunting is the life, wouldn't you agree? Alright, welcome back to the saloon. Do you have your glass of spotchka? This is Storm Duper for Faking Star Wars Radio, and this is the Mando Roundup, one of our podcasts that we do. With me today is the lovely, vivacious, gangstress Gemma the Hutt, and we're here to talk about Chapter 6 of the Mando Roundup. Uh, if you have never heard from us before, please go ahead and follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm Storm Duper on Twitter. You can also follow Willie Bobo at Faking Star Wars. You can get on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Faking Star Wars and support us. Uh, we have a lot of free gifts on there uh, and all kinds of great stuff. And with the holidays coming up next week, why not buy some Faking Star Wars parody comedy t-shirts or mugs or other paraphernalia? And that's at uh, bit.ly slash FSW merch bit.ly slash FSW merch so Gemma um, we don't have any t-shirt designs uh, specifically for the Mandalorian yet uh, if you were going to design one what would you go with a Mandalorian without his helmet nice and who would you put behind the helmet at this point just Pedro Pascal looking handsome <laughs> and Latino or what maybe Brad Pitt <laughs> really Brad sure. Pitt? Some, some sexy old man doesn't matter who what if it's my helmet underneath his helmet? Oh, yeah. man. It's like some inception of helmets here. Helmets within helmets within helmets. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to fit. Mm, that's what she said. The hut said. Anyway, well, here we are. And uh, let's go over what we got right from our speculations and predictions last episode. I get a giant goose egg zero for being completely <laughs> wrong. Another F minus. I predicted that we would see that character at the end of chapter five who helped Fennec Shand. I said it was going to be Boba Fett. We didn't even touch that plot point at all in chapter six. So maybe that's yet to be revealed. I like how optimistic you are, though. You think you're going to get some like big, you know, delicious egg of knowledge and it turns out to be i mean can they use that same thing as a cliffhanger in the final episode because now it seems like that's what's going to happen like at the end of episode eight we're going to see fennec shand and that character who i think is boba fett again mm. to get us to the next season that seems very likely at this point so well you you did okay you said that we're going to go see you know new characters which we definitely got a host of new characters in this episode uh an entourage of guardians of the galaxy uh quality so you won. You uh, predicted that we were going to meet some new people, new entourage, and I thought this one of all the episodes had the most of a Star Trek feel to it. So I would definitely agree with you. And I feel like I won in a very disappointing way where I don't know if I want to go through the rest of the season just seeing these little self-contained episodes. It is starting to get extremely cookie cutter, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I guess I'm tired of, of how each episode hasn't really affected the next. The only thing that's been, like, has any continu continuity has been that there's a guy in a helmet and a baby Yoda. Again, it's like poetry. It's sort of, they rhyme. Mm -hmm. Every stanza kind of rhymes with the last one. Hopefully it'll work. Um, but honestly, you could probably rearrange every episode in order, and it wouldn't matter at all. So I'm starting to get a little tired of that. It's uh, time to get Gemma the Hutt's synopsis of Mandalorian Chapter 6. So this episode is titled, uh, Single Dad Takes Care of His Only Child. Okay. 
And, you know, it's just a single hardworking dad trying to make money for his kid and all the meanwhile, you know, trying to juggle childcare versus work. <laughs> okay. That's, that's it. That's the whole episode was just, you know, a lesson in parental leave. Uh-huh. And and the difficulty involved in having to leave your child at home when you're when single you parenthood work. is hard. Yeah, yeah. You you run the risk of a uh of an or inorganic uh pilot trying to blow him away, I guess. Yeah, so, so. I mean details uh Shmi tells. Um so the Mandalorian gets hooked up with one of his old buddies and uh the old buddy's like, Hey, trust me, you're gonna go out on this mission (laughs) and it's gonna be it's gonna be grand you know like no problems here and so um of course you know it becomes a heist movie at that point um the mandalorian and his group of five group four i don't remember anyways group of four uh motley creatures um they're gonna break somebody out of jail so it becomes like oceans five did you did you ever have any doubt that Tom Waits Gandalf ran the character he met up with was like somehow sketchy at all? I that, think it was pretty obviously gonna be a backstabbing situation, and that's how it turned out. So spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. This episode felt to me a little bit like with Bill Burr being there, who I thought was great in this episode. For he for me, he stole the show. He uh, should be a real actor. Yeah, he should. But it did feel like um, the movie uh, Reservoir Dogs a little bit to me. And I would say that Bill Burr felt a lot like Mr. Pink. Like I could just hear him saying like, why do I have to be Mr. Pink? Why do I have to go on this mission with the Mandalorian? Like, Who cares what your name is? Yeah, that's easy for you to say. You're Mr. White. You have a cool sounding name. All right, look, if it's no big deal to be Mr. Pink, you want to trade? Hey. Nobody's trading with anybody. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they used that as source material for his character. I guess what I would <laughs> like um, in the future is is a character to surprise me. Right. So far, a little bit derivative. I mean, um, Harley Quinn, Twi'lek, Xi'an, right? Like, yeah, I just hope those two never boned. I'd be really disappointed in him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that gets us to uh, our journalistic questions. Uh, five W's. So who in Disney, you know, decided to do a DC Universe merger and make, like, this Twi'lek, Xi'an, basically playing Harley Quinn. And I was going to ask you, is that why they named her brother Quinn as a little bit of, like, a, an illusion? Or is that because of the derivative Guardians of the Galaxy prison break plotline, like Peter Quinn? There has to be something there. I don't think there's anything there. I don't think people at Disney think that hard. <laughs> is it just that we're so saturated with these hero movies now that, like, it's impossible to do anything original? Yes. Yeah. I just I, I just found all those characters to be so brutally, brutally derivative. What is Rand's and Xi'an's backstory? They're kind of two of the characters that were most mysterious in this episode. We don't really find out much about him. Uh, and, I mean, all we know about Xi'an is that she has had a romantic-ish relationship with a man with a I, helmet. I am really hoping that it's not romantic and she's just some sort of crazy stalker. But either way, I don't think it's going to matter. Um, crazy twi- Twi'lek yeah, stalker? Yeah, I just think she's, she's a little nuts. So um, I, very, very anti-feminist character here. Just some crazy, desperate broad. Um, she is like a man-eater. A mando-eater. Sorry. but doom Yeah. <laughs> Okay, dad jokes. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't think it's going to matter who any of these people are. So who did you like more between Ran and Xi'an? None of them. Ugh. So this episode wasn't connecting with you on a character nope. level then? Nope. Um, my favorite, definitely Bill Burr of the new characters. Although Zero was was kind of a nice addition. I, I didn't mind his or her 
Was uh, that the robot? I don't even remember. Yeah, and I, I wonder if the name is a reference to Mike Zero, who is that YouTube uh, clickbait spam video artist who releases all those leaks and stuff. Duper, I think you're making connections where there are none. <laughs> I guess it's because there just wasn't anything compelling about this episode for me. I'm just searching for and, some meaning to extract that of it. Like, it was so just surface. And the galaxy's flat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the galaxy's flat. <laughs> ah, so Duper, uh... When are plot points going to start carrying over from one episode to the next? I am very cynical at this point, um, and I feel like we're doomed to mediocrity for the rest of the season. I really think that Chapter 7 is going to be very episodic as well, and Chapter 8 will probably build to some kind of resolution with Baby Yoda. I'm really hoping we get Werner Herzog back, uh, but I don't sus- I don't think anything much until the end of the season. So. I actually agree with you on that. And that's why we're going to have season after season after season after season. I can handle that. And and that's okay to me if they did the first season only like this. And then it's going to start getting a little bit more complicated in the, in the next season. But I think the expectations for this were so high that at this point I'm starting to get a little bit desperate about, about the lack of a compelling plot line. So that kind of speaks to continuity, which gets us to the next question. Where is Fennec Shand and Cara Dune. Um, Like, where are they right now? So are we going to follow up with any of the lady characters? Or what are they doing? Like, is Fennec Shand just kind of roasting in the Tatooine sun? I think Uh, this is a little bit like Bond movies, where there's just, like, one one lady for each episode, and then she's forgotten. Oh, it has got that feel to it. I I feel bad for Cara Dune, though. I mean... uh, she, she must be getting tired of drinking spotchka. She's going to show up at the end of episode eight, super drunk and like just start blowing people away. <laughs> that The one thing I will say uh, so far with the show that I have liked is that it's been fairly easy to follow. You know, there's only been a few things that I didn't understand. The main thing being how do those fobs work related to the pucks? It's never really explained in any detail. Um, but overall, it's pretty easy to follow. With the exception of of this episode, there were some major, major red flags here for me plot-wise. The main thing is, why does the Robot Zero try to shoot Baby Yoda after he, like, opens the Mandalorian's BountyHunterAOL.com and, like, reads his email box? Like, wouldn't he have tried to keep Baby Yoda, like, alive so that he could, like, cash in big with, um, with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Grieve, Grieve Cargus? Grief Cargus, the guy who, you know, gave gave Mandalorian the bounty to begin with. I think with. there's some confusion over uh, whether Baby Yoda is wanted dead or alive. Yeah, but like, what was the like, what was the benefit in shooting him there? Like, it just seemed like such a weird mood. Like, at, now that he knows that there's conflict on the prison, instead of trying to help them, he's gonna just try to shoot like this helpless little green frog that isn't doing anything bad anyway I it's was, just so strange um, not convinced he was going to shoot it and also robots don't make that kind of calculus <laughs> yeah i don't know it just it was the exact same ending we've had this is the third time now that the mandalorian or someone else has shot somebody trying to shoot baby yoda at the end I of the think episode the more interesting question is what was baby yoda trying to do with the force just then yeah well maybe he was aware of the threat uh maybe he was trying to Re rejigger Zero's circuits to make him a more benevolent robot. You never know. You know, I see the light side of the Force, as it were. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. Um. All right. Well, we may we may find out more about why that happened in seven or eight. But I I didn't like that. It didn't make any sense to me. Um. And how? Lastly, here. Uh. 
just how good was Bill Burr in this episode? Like his Gungan joke, totally fantastic. Like, and then also, did you hear him nearly drop the f bomb? No, I did yeah, yeah. not hear him nearly so drop the f bomb in the prison. It's subtle, but when the Mandalorian, I believe, is coming up behind him, you hear him go, "What the?" F-? And he holds on that for just a second and it's so obvious that he's about to be the first one to say (laughs) in a Star Wars movie oh fudge right yeah (laughs) I don't I don't know maybe that was on purpose you know it is PG-13 and I think they gave Bill Burr a lot of creative license with his character which I'm happy about and they wasted him yeah he may come back I think I think he may have a role in the second season even you know there were a few other things I, I I didn't like about this episode I'll be completely honest um one thing I didn't like was the whole idea of the Mando's character arc. Mm -hmm. So he starts off finding his old friend for help. Everything seems totally benevolent and, you know, they're nudging elbows and having drinks and there's a little bit of manly banter, you know. Uh, But then he jails the helpers after they turn on him. Now that made sense. But then when he goes back, he like blows them up. And it just, it made no sense to me, like, that at the same time that he's so, like, lethal and, like, tactical doing that to his old friend, that he's also soft and sensitive about killing the Republic jail guard at the same time. Like, I mean, that was such a stupid thing for him to be worried about, and then to go back and kill his friend who didn't actually do anything to him. Like, I didn't like that at all. Uh, it felt it felt really contrived and not consistent with his character. The friend planned on stabbing him in the back. <laughs> did he? I didn't yeah. see that. I don't think he did. Oh, he definitely... Gosh, I only watched this once. Um, no, he was definitely like, yeah, let's get him. <laughs> well, wait, okay, when they landed, he was like, let's kill him, right? Yeah. But how was the Mandalorian was supposed like a, to know a, that? It was a self-defense explosion. You know, yeah, he exploded it, them in self-defense. It looked great, and like having those X-wings come in at the end, sort of like a Deus Ex Machina ending, like felt a little flat to me. And I did not have a problem with the uh, the ending explosions at all. I to me, it felt very TV. It wasn't it wasn't good. I didn't like that, and so that leads us to our um, best scar rating for this episode. And I am going to give this episode a one. It was my oh. least favorite episode by far. Uh, I'm getting tired of the plot line. And honestly, if this was the first episode that I had watched, I'm not even sure. Even though I'm Star Wars obsessed, I would have continued watching because it just didn't do it for me at all. Yeah, I guess, you know, my standards are lower. <laughs> I watch a lot of really, really stupid TV. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> okay. But you also felt like it was a little flat. Oh, yeah, compared to the others. So let's reflect a little bit as co-hosts of this podcast. You know, the online community has just been extolling this episode as the greatest so far. What do you think it is about us? Are we really that stupid? Um, that we can't understand why it's so great? Or is there something else at work? Are we just not being paid by Disney to be shills? I think that that uh, judging by the little I know about you, Duper, um, we tend to be into things that are a little more cinematic. Um, and that's why TV's been so good lately because it's it's you know it's like an eight-hour movie you watch over a season. And, and that's just not what this is turning out to be. That's true. That's true. All right, well, it's time for our speculations. I went first last time, which means you have to go first this time. Are you ready, Gemma? Tell us, what do you think is going to happen in Chapter 7? I think we're going to learn more about the baby Yoda. That's it. Maybe really? how its little brain works. I don't know. What what can it do? Where it came from? Was it in an egg? Did it hatch? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, hmm. I think we're going to learn more about baby Yoda, and that's the only prediction I'm going to make. Oh, yeah, you're putting all your chips in, in that, on that one, huh? 
betting on green for episode <laughs> chapter all, seven. Huh? All my yoda eggs in one basket. You know that that I don't think is a bad prediction, especially given the fact that this is the episode that's going to come out right before Rise of Skywalker, and there's going to be a scene of Rise of Skywalker attached to this episode somehow. And I'm still deciding if I want to watch it or not because I've already seen probably 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> Um, and I'm just not sure that I want to be spoiled. How about you? Are you going to watch it? I watch everything. Okay. So my speculations, my prediction here, uh, I think we're going to see um, the character of Werner Herzog come back. I think we're going to see the doctor and him and whoever is the guy they're working for because we know we're going to see uh, the guy from uh, Breaking Bad. Um, what's his name? Esposito, I think. Uh, the guy who's in charge of the chicken shop, you know. The big bad guy. Oh, Gustavo. We're going to see Gustavo, and we're going to see him come in. You're out of that's time, buddy. <laughs> but that's my prediction. We're going to meet Gustavo. Uh, uh, you know, whoever he is, whatever role he has to play, that's where we're going with it. Oh, so. this has turned into the five-minute prediction. Wouldn't it be cool if Gustavo Fringe did have, like, a restaurant franchise in this episode, that in this not... series, as sort of like a nod to his Breaking Bad character? Not and... everything has to be something else, <laughs> he could have Tuber. He could have a network of drugs that he's selling, like, just like in Breaking Bad. What does a man do? A man provides for his family. Reserve some for the foundlings. When you have children, you always have family. They will always be your priority, your responsibility. As it should always be. And a man, a man provides. The foundlings are the future. And he does it even when he's not appreciated. Someone tell me why we even need a Mandalorian. Or respected. Why are they all dead? <laughs> or even loved. He simply bears up and he does it. This is the way. This, this is the way. Because he's a man. This is the way. Duper. It would be great. I don't want anything new. Nothing new. You're making too many connections, but Everything bud. has to be an on-the-nose reference to something else. Otherwise, I'm confused. I have to watch everything with absolutely no intrigue or com- compelling storyline at all. Yep. In your mom's <laughs> basement. Anyway, great. Well, thanks for being here today, Gemma, and see you next time. May the foe be with you.